It saved. G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog. I am joined on this Monday night by the one and only, one of the oldest uh, or longest tenured, <laughs> longest tenured <laughs> Supercoach experts, Baron Von Crow. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling very old today. Thank you, Lech. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but you are a stalwart of the website. And before we start, thank you to Telebeats for the music. Mate, you've been killing it in your uh, Around the Grounds article. Absolutely Thank you very much. Killing it. Thank you very much. I uh, hope it's uh, helped you and uh, others who've read it. Thank you to all those who have been reading and commenting. Oh, it's amazing. It, for those of you who aren't as well educated, it is a, a weekly article that Baron does where he looks at all the rookie-priced players in Supercoach and how they performed at AFL or Sandfall slash VFL slash Waffle level. It's amazing. All right, as we get into this round, community, this one's going to be a little bit shorter, this podcast, a little less structured time constraints are working against us this week. So no hour-long special, but Baron, I promise we will get you back on for an hour-long special. Mate, the carnage is already coming through and it's Monday night. Yeah, um, I guess it gives us a good heads up on... um what to expect we can maybe plan a little bit better thursday night teams is probably the perfect time for them to bring that back because i don't think anyone is going to be able to go through this week well you might be if you're really lucky but just trades out the wazoo going to be happening this week i think the number one thing which is, he was a hot property last week everyone who traded him was feeling good when he took a massive hanger and scored 108 super coach points shy bolton uh, got pissed I'm put. Uh, this is uh, coming from my perspective and reading of the situation. Got pissed at a nightclub, got in a fight, and has broken his wrist. He'll miss two to three weeks, if we are to believe. The injury report, uh, Daniel Rioli was also there. But the news for us from Supercoach is no shy Bolton for the next two to three weeks. Baz, if you are aiming to bring him in, obviously we don't. We now can wait a couple of weeks. But what do we do if we had just brought him in? Well, I was one of those people who had just bought him in. Um, two to three weeks, I can't justify trading him for that short amount of time, even though I am kind of short up forward. So I'll probably try and work around it for those two to three weeks rather than swap him to someone else. Yeah, he's. Uh, this is probably a good thing. They've got quite a few injuries. It's not a good thing, but it's probably a good thing for the likes of O'Reilly Collier-Dawkins who some coaches went early on during the week. He, he didn't have an amazing game, I don't think. Scored 43 super coach points. Uh, but now there's enough spots in that team that he's probably going to hold on for at least a couple more weeks, break even of negative 43. So if you do need to trade someone in, maybe this opens the way for RCD to stay in the team even longer than perhaps we thought he was going to. Yeah, that seems... Likely at this stage, Richmond just have so many injuries that I don't think they'll think about unnecessarily dropping people. So if you're healthy and you've been in the side, you might just stay in for another month or two. Now, 
This is disappointing for Collingwood supporters that Jeremy Howe is going to miss most of the season with a hamstring injury, which sucks. You'd think this would be reasonably good news for Nathan Murphy. However, Baz, he got knocked out on the weekend. He will be sitting out for 12 days. So he's going to miss this weekend. We hope that he gets back in after that. But if you traded him in, he was looking all right before he went down. Yeah, he was um, looking pretty good. Uh, he'd scored solid all three games he's played. Like 50 is probably a decent result this year from from what we've gotten uh, down back. But, yeah, that 12-day concussion is the best thing for him probably. Can't hurt to keep him out from a head knock, but just a bit awkward uh, for Supercoach. But, again, if it's only one week, I couldn't justify moving him out again. No, I, th- I think you definitely hold him. I'm in a. I personally am in a position where if Tom Highmore doesn't play, I will have a donut because I had to swing Rory Laird into the midfield to bring in Murphy, which is just a lovely little piece of uh, maneuver I've done that continues my fantastic season. I reckon if while we're spitballing here, I see that he's one of the most traded in players so far this week, Darcy Moore. At three hundred and sixty-five grand, maybe this maybe this means that his stint in defence continues. He scored one hundred and thirty. We saw him double ton at, or not double ton, score two tons at the start of the year. If he can stay in defence, and maybe this helps him, is, is he someone we we look at this year? I think you definitely have to because the cash generation from the rookies just isn't there to be able to say I'm going up and down to primos, to rookies. So we got to start looking at some more mid-prices to fit in like Stephen May was last week. I don't, I, I can't see them throwing him forward again. That would just be stupidity of the highest order. So he was one to consider if you can get him in because he can score 100. So he might not do it every week, but to have a guy in your defense right now that you can say if he has a good game, he could score 115, 120, that's, that's good value, I think. Yeah, and obviously there's coaches out there who have already completed their defense, so um, won't be looking at him. But yeah, 365, I think there's some upside to pick him. There's another guy in defense I want to talk about, but I was just going to keep looking at the injuries. Um, we saw the Supercoach Brands Trust convince themselves, that's the Herald Sun group, convince, which I'm a part of, convince themselves that Jake Stringer was a good idea. And we went on... Patch and I went on the Panic Room Live, which, by the way, Panic Room, an awesome article that Foz organizes on the website. We now do that, a live video for half an hour or an hour on lockout, uh, not lockout. I don't know what we're going to do now. It might actually be the Thursday night when teams drop. Anyway, we'll work through that. It's on the Herald Sun Supercoach Facebook page and the Jock Reynolds Facebook page, so we do that. But we talked about it there. We said you couldn't pick a worse player than Jake Stringer Jake Stringer could now miss up to a month with a hammy. Geez, that's going to sting if you bought him in. And Baz, he's uh, he's not very expensive and you'd hate to have to use two trades on him. But if you've got him, I think we've been in him, right? You'd have to and you might want to consider listening to Patch more. If, he can, if you can diss one of your own players, then you should listen to that advice. That's my rule. <laughs> 
He, uh, well, we're going to talk to you about one of your players. Very <laughs> he scored 22 points for Stringer before going down with injury. He actually did uh, jump slightly in cash because his break even was like 18 or something. So he's 327 grand. Uh, if he's out for a month, I'm, I'm absolutely binning. And just while we're on it, apparently Jai Codwell um, is uh, reasonably close to coming back. No, I think they said on him. Oh, let me. Oh, the opposite. It. Yes, he was going in for surgery. Right. Um, which would so, maybe take him out for what, the rest yeah. of the year. That's what happens when we when I just glance and said uh, I read former giant Codwell is well on his way into rehab. I was like, oh, that's good. No, was. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, at the end of training session late last week, he suffered a high-grade hamstring strain. So maybe not surgery, but if it's the same hamstring he'd already hurt, I guess that puts yeah. him back again. That sucks. So that's another tr- – uh, obviously no one still has him, but they're two guys that if you're, they're in your team, I think we've got to trade. Uh, I guess the benefit of Stringer being so cheap is that maybe you can stash him on your bench, but – Geez, I feel not great about having him in my team. Uh, one thing I did miss, Baz, from the Richmond game was Shane Edwards uh, injured as well. So rolled his ankle. If we assume he's not playing, Riley Collie Dawkins, again, appears to be the trade-in of the week. I think, Baz, just to, to go through this, because we don't have this one as planned out as I'd like. We'll just go through each of the games, touch on the talking points and, and the trade-in trade-out options. I think that might be the way to continue this podcast. Um, so we've covered the Richmond side of things for the most part. Jaden Short was doing his seagull best again. The Geelong side of things, Baz, Tommy Hawkins went big. Uh, I like Tommy Hawkins as, uh, as an option. He's always ends up in the top 10 for forwards. Jeremy Cameron, though, he was the one that is getting coaches excited, scored 137, kicked six goals, and is one of the most traded-in players this week. 405K, could you go up from a stringer to a Jeremy Cameron? Are you going to do that? Or is Jeremy Cameron worth considering? We've seen key position players kind of drop off the last couple of weeks, scoring-wise. Yeah, it's... When you're in that position with Stringer, you probably don't have a lot of options. So I think that's one you would have to consider just because he can go big the same way we were saying about Darcy Moore. You can't be too super picky this year. So I think a lot, fair few people had uh, Hawkins in their sides last year as a primo forward option. So you could maybe consider Cameron as sort of this year's cheaper version of that. Yeah, Hawkins is 70 grand more this year, has a history of being a really good super coach. Score has been a bit up and down this year, but a 149 on the weekend. If I was going to take a gamble on either one, I'd probably go Jeremy Cameron, save 70K, just with the way the year's panning out. Uh, the other big name from this game is Cam Guthrie, who pushes his price over the 600K mark with yet another ton. Scored a 117. Mitch Duncan scored 125 as well. And Tom Stewart, uh, I thought he deserved a bit more than 92, but a lot of coaches traded him the last week, so that's good to see. Also a few injuries around that Geelong side on the weekend, so let's wait and see if they can get some rookies in. Don't even know if they actually have rookies on their list, Baz. No, they tend to not play them, and the way they've gone with Jordan Clark and the like, uh, you might not be too excited about picking him but then someone like Zach Guthrie seems to get a game every damn week and I still can't figure that one out but uh, he's probably doing a job <laughs> yeah 
Uh, let's move on to Gold Coast v St Kilda. Took Miller was talk of the town. My partner Cassie actually selected him at the start of the year, and has he's he's been dominating. She's much better at Supercoach than me. However, he has accepted a suspension this week. So if you were looking to move on him, wait a week. Uh, you obviously do not trade him if he's yours. But Oleg Markov Baz also turned up, and he's quietly having a, a, a decent year. Another defender, so probably not someone that um, coaches out there are looking at because most of them have a full team. But 398K, break even of 50. Um, has had a couple of down scores, but has had a 106, a 92, or 113 on the weekend. If they can get the ball into his hand, I don't into his hands. I don't mind him as a as a selection. Yeah, yeah I think that's a D6 option there. Like for my team, for example. I've got five defenders I'm already set. So if I was looking at finalizing my D6 with the limited money I have, he would definitely be one I would look at. Yeah, he's still growing as a, as a player in their team this year. And and I think if I had to choose between him and say Darcy Moore, I'd probably go with Darcy Moore because he's cheaper. But that's kind of where we're at at this, at this point in the year. Uh, we looked at, we'll look at St. Kilda who, just got a win over Gold Coast. Jack Billings was a beast. Jack Steele, if you've waited on Jack Steele and you're going to be able to get up to a uh, an uber primo in the midfield, he posted a 110 and he's, he's starting to... Um, starting to sh- he, it feels like he had a bit of rust on him, old Steele, but he's awful. Um, <laughs> he's now 582k, 24k... Uh, price drop on the weekend. Break even is still 145, but if we can target him for the next week or two, I think he's a, a very, very attractive option. Yeah, he was one I was planning on upgrading to this week for Errol Golden, but then that was Sunday afternoon thoughts. Monday afternoon thoughts have <laughs> changed completely. So Yeah, because we've got eight holes to fill yeah. in the rest of the team now. But the the I guess he's he's had a kind of kind of disappointing season from a supercoach point of Steel Jack's uh, point of view from Jack Steele, but he's had two scores of ninety one and they're his lowest scores. He just hasn't been hitting those one thirties we probably expected him to. Did have a one fifty early in the season. You can probably hold one more week on him, but I think get ready to strike on a on a five sixty five fifty k Jack Steele if we can. Yeah, that's good value for him. I think with what he's capable of producing. Oh, he's a he's a, a trouser arousing human being. Does anyone else from St Kilda stand out for you? Rowan Marshall, he turned up one oh seven. His price will dip. I'll pull up his price in just a second for you, Baz. And Hunter Clark, another ninety five. Another guy's flying under the radar. I know Phantom was big on him, uh, and two guys that are, are, seem to be gelling when St Kilda is gelling. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. I'm not as excited about anyone on St Kilda as Jack Steele, but there's options there you, you could consider if you wanted to go for a point of difference on your team. Yeah, Rowan Marshall, he actually did gain four grand on the weekend. Breakeven goes to 124. Since his return, he has posted 132, uh, 86, and a 107. He's one that I um I'm I'm interested in. I'd I'd like him if I was someone who was running Tom Hickey at R two or something like that. You can bring him to your forward line. We know that he scores reasonably well, even when Paddy Ryder's in the team, and I think we could be pretty comfortable bringing him in. The only issue I have with him, Baz, 
is spending over $500,000 on a forward at this point in the season feels kind of dangerous and maybe a little bit wasteful. Yeah, the I would consider him an okay option as a forward just because he has runs on the board. And this year the forward line is just – it's like if you said at the start of the year, oh, I'm going to pick Jack Zeeble, Jarman MP, you know, as my two best forwards, you would go, to, okay, can you pass the blunt over this way, please? <laughs> you know? So – What's a blunt, uh, Baz? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, it's something that um, someone at school once told me about, but <laughs> I have never actually seen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> the other name from St Kilda that people are talking about is Ryan Burns, who played his second game for the year. Um, he posted a score of 62. His break-in goes to negative 40. He is a midfielder rookie uh, projected to jump 40, 40-ish K this week. Here's the thing, Baz. So we reckon Riley Collar Dawkins is probably the safer mid-option of the two. But I think this is going to be a really good week for people to double downgrade. I think there's not a hell of a lot of rookies coming around next week. And while we know that there are some rookies playing, maybe we need to look at two of Ryan Burns and Ryan uh, and Riley Collier Dawkins. Yeah, I think you need to, especially if you're in a situation like me where three quarters of my bench isn't playing. So if you need to start generating some cash somewhere, the double downgrade is definitely an option to look at, I think. Yeah, for sure. And of course, obviously, Thomas Highmore will surely play this week, Baz. Nothing could be surer. If you can go down to your local bookie and put $100 on that definitely happening, smart investment. (laughs) Oh, goodness, goodness gracious me. Let's push on. Let's run through this, Baz. Tim Taranto owners are being rewarded. He is He's doing what we thought Tim Taranto would do, and that's scoring well. He scored 126 on the weekend. And would you believe it? Josh Kelly had 30 disposals, and he played in the midfield, and he also kicked two goals, and Tom Green played in the midfield. Scored 104 super coach points, and they won. Bass. That's that's. You know how they were talking about um, the coaching genius of Nathan Buckley by putting Darcy Moore back to defence. <laughs> that's some coaching genius from Liam Cameron playing your midfielders in the midfield. Whoa. Well, you were saying it, Bass. You'd love to be able to go into work, fuck something up, and then fix it and say, "Look how good I am." Look, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the new way I'm going to start doing my job now. Just break things and then change things that were working fine and then put them back and go, did you see that move I just pulled? That's just, <laughs> I'm operating on another level here. We uh, we expect Mummy to rest this weekend and Maddie Flynn to play. It seems to be the way they're operating. So if you've still got Flynn on the bench, probably keep him another week rather than looking to trade down to a Jordan Suite or something like that. And Lockie Keefe is back out on the park for the second week. Backed up his 83 with just a 74, so he's still working his way into it. Essentially, you know, hasn't had a preseason. He's going to get very cheap very quickly. His break-even is 177. He's going to drop 30 grand this week and probably another 30 grand the week after, so he'll be close to 500 real soon. One we're going to watch, want to watch, Baz. Definitely, definitely for sure. On the Essendon side of things, there's some interesting names. Zach Merritt played really well, 37 disposals for 131 super coach points. Darcy Parrish, who a few coaches traded in when in that sort of breakout game he had the other day, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, another guy that, wow, 
playing a midfielder in the midfield who would have thought <laughs> it produces good scores. So if you jumped on, I think given the, the amount of injuries, and I'm not sure how how far Dylan Sheel is away, but Darcy Parrish, he, he could be an option, although the value is not quite there anymore because he has increased in price a couple of times. Yeah, but I like the way he's played. He's doing a nice split of his uncontested, contested work, using the ball well, getting clearances. He's avoiding too many mistakes, which can always kill the scores in Supercoach. So, yeah, I don't mind him at all. And if we're looking at uh, Essendon players... What about a Nick Hind? We talked about forwards. We need some value in forwards. Now, he has increased in 100 grand this year, priced at $432,000 with a break even of 73. His three round average is 87, and his five round average is 91, 95 on the weekend, 89 the week before against the Blues. Uh, how desperate are we looking if we're looking at Nick Hind, or do we think he's actually value? I wouldn't rule. Anything out in terms of just looking at it this week or for the rest of the year? So, yeah, have a look at it, but not a move I would go for, but not, not saying... Confident. No, I'm not confident, no, but I'm not saying outright that would be a stupid thing to do because what is this year thrown at us, you know? Oh, it's been a nightmare. We've had plenty of players not play. Uh, these uh, Essendon rookies, for the most part, are still making cash too, so you probably don't need to jump off coaches at home. I know people are looking for reasons to upgrade, but while we still have cash generation, I'd be looking at holding as many of these guys as we can. I reckon Nick Cox is probably the one to jump off if you've still got him. He's called 43 in the weekend. His break even goes up to 74. Uh, but And I should mention that Jordan Ridley, Breakeven is 119, scored 84 on the weekend. He's still coming back from that. Uh, was it a concussion that kept him out a week? I think it was, yeah. So he's still coming back. He's last, he scored 31 in that game where he got knocked out, 87 last week, 84 this week. He's about to drop in price again to about 470 grand. So once again, defenders, if you're looking to upgrade, we've probably got plenty of options. Yeah, that's kind of annoying because that was like the one line everyone stacked for the start of the year, oh, it's at least so, and then and then and then all the good downgrade options come in defence. So, um, yeah, a bit annoying. But again, if you've still got lead in your defence, that might be a way to free up a uh, defender spot to downgrade to, rather than looking for a more expensive midfielder. Yeah, the way the season's gone, Baz, I was expecting people to start lead in the midfield stack up in defence where we thought the rookies and cash gen would be and then swing Laird back into defence. I think I think he ends up being a midfield option for everyone purely because there's way more value in defence than any other position. Yeah, that's the way it's looking at the moment. All right, let's jump over to North Melbourne v Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood just defeated North Melbourne, 94 to 76. Zeeble turned up again doing Zeeble things. He, this is a man that I completely shut down on the Panic Room Live. But Aaron Hall scored 113 points, 37 disposals. You ignore his injured game this year, and and he's putting together quite a run. My issue with him is, is, I mean, I've got many issues with him, to to be honest, but he never stays on the park. He's been inconsistent before, but he's scoring this year, Baz. Are we considering Aaron Hall? Yeah, I've... Gone back and forth on him just because 
he's not the type of player I would normally look at in terms of he's largely an uncontested player, and I don't like those as much in Supercoach's dream team. But again, you have to consider all options this year. You could say his spot is safe for sure in North Melbourne's side because I just they don't really have anyone. Left. I mean, you could run out for them pretty. Yeah, their their VFL side just got smashed by like 120 points and it's maybe four or five listed AFL players playing for them. So they've, they've got no depth at all to be bringing guys in and out. So you would think he's safe. And that will just throw as much midfield time as he can handle just because he's a senior guy. So for all yeah. those reasons, you would definitely have to consider him. Yeah, he's uh, $419,500, break even of 30, increased four grand this week. So you haven't missed him. If you uh, if you didn't jump on last week, which I suggested people didn't, because in round five he scored a thirty-seven, but six injured in round two, thirty-seven injured in round five. His other scores: eighty-one, one thirty-three, one hundred six, one thirteen. I poo-pooed him. I still think in a year where everyone is getting injured, I don't want to bring in a guy that's injury prone. But if you're looking for value. Looking for scoring potential. How long can you ride him? He's only in 808 teams right now. Yeah, that that could be one you bring in and the rest of the year he just goes gangbusters. He could get injured within the next two weeks. So there's always that risk you have to consider. And if you're lower on trades, you might decide maybe to avoid those type of players and go for someone you know has a bit more durability. But again, injuries, you can't predict those, so... Yeah, no, it's it's hard. But speaking of injuries, Aiden Bonner got subbed in in the game and Will Phillips came on and scored three. So any chance of using him for cash, Jen, is done. Not that he was doing that much anyway, but that's <laughs> completely done. Uh, and Tom Powell, he played well again for us. You can probably look to hold him a little bit longer. I'm just trying to pull up his break even. I think it's in the 70s this week. So it's around think, his average? Yeah, it's around his average. So his break-even is 56, 56 averaging 77, okay. so projected to make 13 grand. We can hold on to him. We might even get a rookie to 400 grand, people. I don't want to get crazy. Tom Powell may get to 400 grand. Here's the concerning thing for me, Baz. Two of the most traded-in players so far this week. Uh-huh. Are Connor Menadju $270,000, yeah. who scored 105 on the weekend. And to be honest, while I used to call him Connor Menapoo, <laughs> <laughs> he's had two half-decent games since he came back into the side in round six, 92, 32, and then 105. People are trading him in. I think that's insane. I think particularly in defense, when we actually have options, I wouldn't be bringing in Connor Menadoo. The other person people are trading in is Tom Campbell. Run yeah, forward $240,000. Does it say where they're trading him in, like as a backup ruck or as a forward option? I can't see that. I would assume... That's a Flynn trade? I'd assume that's a Flynn trade. It doesn't yeah. make you cash, though. Like, he's two hundred forty grand, break even of negative 31. It's a bit sidewaysy, but he is playing. He scored 73 last week. But his scores are bad. 21, 41, 50, 73, 101. Are you going to ride Tom Campbell for the rest of the year? Well, he seems fairly safe in that spot. So, again, cash generation, people get desperate. So they might consider that an option, especially um, 
we all planned on Flynn playing most of the year and now he's not, so. Yeah, he's this. Uh, it's hard. Campbell's playing effectively as a as a permanent forward, and they've got Tristan Zeri, who I believe dominated. Well, <laughs> I mean, hang on, played re- better than the hundred and twenty point loss would indicate <laughs> in the VFL. They've got some tolls coming in. I'm not loving Tom Campbell. No, that's it's not an option I would look at as a priority, but. Again, maybe teams are more set to mind and they can do those sort of things. Okay, let's look at the other side of things. Collingwood, they had Caleb Poulter. I don't think that's how you say his last name. Plays second game. He scored 81 super coach points. He's a forward mid-swing with a basketball background, I think. <laughs> let's just say he does anyway. He, he um, once picked up a basketball. That's enough for them to carry Yeah, on, he yeah. had to hit a basketball shot to get his debut. So I assume he has a basketball background. He looked reasonably good. I think he's going to be a very highly traded in player with that forward midfield swing. I think I prefer him to, uh, to was it Jack Vitale we talked about before? Or Burns? I can't remember uh, which name. From so Ryan. Uh, Ryan something. Burns. Yeah, Burns. Um, I think I prefer him... To him, <laughs> sorry, I prefer Poulter to Burns just because of the flexibility. More likely to stay on that side. They're awful at football. Jordan Goey has been traded in a lot this round so far. He scored 118. He's priced sub 600k. He kicks six goals three against North Melbourne. Is this someone we're entertaining at all? I think that's your uh, repeat of the Jake Stringer move, isn't it? It's identical to the yeah. Jake Stringer move. Uh, he's 296K, break even of six. He doubled his season average, scoring a 118, effectively doubled. So probably someone I'm avoiding. Other rookie news from the uh, Collingwood side of things. They had um, McCreary struggled to score. Murphy, as we talked about before, uh, had the, the concussion. Henry played for his second game, scored just the 32 points. So he's not someone that we should be looking at. Still side bottom. I didn't think he deserved a 92 points from what he produced in the game. Is he a forward, if we're looking for upgrades, that we can look at? Yep, definitely, I think. Yeah, I think we're pretty... I don't feel great about it, about looking at him. Break even is one seventeen, so he's going to lose a little bit of cash, you'd think. But he's sub five hundred k. He has a history of scoring. He's going to average your what ninety five? Yeah, that would be reasonable. I think any forward we can get that you could pencil in some midfield time potentially is going to be a one to look at this year. Particularly people that we hope are going to play uh, more than two games and not get injured. Yeah, and I just so- wanted to. His last month hasn't been too bad, 93, 119, 85, 92. So, yeah, 95 average I don't think would be uh, out of the realms of possibility for him. Yeah, I think um, I think he's one to watch. I think if you brought him in, you you know what you're going to get. You're going to be reasonably happy with the return. Just don't expect huge scores from the past. Also, from Brady Grundy is doing captain's, captain-worthy things in terms of super coach. So he's always a good VC option. Seems to be... I mean, I was a little disappointed at the start of the year, but you look through his scores. I don't know what I was disappointed about. He plays footy really well. Yeah, I think he's just one like Gord, wherever he has 
a bad game, it just it gets magnified more than any other player just because you're so used to them scoring those captain scores. If they get a 90, it's like, oh, what's happened there? What what went wrong? Yeah, why is this spud in my team? Yeah. Um, and Brayden Maidon, Jack Crisp, as predicted by Foz Daddy two or three podcasts ago, are tearing it up. All right, we're going to speed through these last few games because I'm running out of time very quickly. All right, Melbourne v. Sydney, Baz, Demons beat... Sydney 67 to 58. James Harms scored 132, playing essentially full mid time. He's defense eligible. He's about 350K in Supercoach. People are looking to trade him in. I had him as a lock going into the season before he sort of had, uh, before he got injured. He struggled a bit last week when he came back, but is now, uh, I mean, if this is something he can produce regularly. <laughs> It's a bargain. Definitely, yeah. The only thing I didn't like about him was the 24 handballs, but two-thirds contested possessions probably makes up for that. So, Yeah, I think, um, and by the way, I said he returned last week. I meant into the VFL because I have him in a keeper league, so I watch his VFL games. Um, he did enough to get into the side, though. 344K, cheap. Uh, break even of nine. I'm not going to say don't pick him. I just think there's a lot of question marks over that midfield structure with a few players to come back in. I think um, I think Viney and who else am I who else am I forgetting? Uh, Big Jaw has a brother who got punched in the face. <laughs> Angus Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw's playing but not playing well. I'd assume his output to increase and take away some of those points. But yeah, Viney, he's expected back around ten or eleven. So we're in round nine now. Yeah. Something to keep in the back of your head when you're looking if you, at the If you had the trades, maybe you can say, oh, that's a quick cash generation option. Yeah. Two, three weeks and hopes he does it. But that's risky because he's not one you could guarantee will score 100 plus for the next three weeks. Yeah, it's risky as hell. Christian Petrarca owners, he got injured late in that game, but they've already come out and said he'll, he'll play through that. And James Jordan continues... To make money for us, Baz. Yeah, he's been one that's just been very underrated, I think, in terms of rookie selections at the start. Everyone's gone, oh, Tom Power, but Jordan's just, he had that tiny little lean patch around round four and five, but since then he's been consistent in the 70s and 80s. So like Tom Power, just ride him as long as you can. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's funny, he was one of those guys we were like questioning at the start of the year or a few people were questioning like, Oh, can he stay in the team? There's so many players that are not in that Melbourne team. And, like, he's just gone bang. He's a beauty. He's an absolute beauty. Yeah, he's he's tackling like crazy. And that's that's a great stat to have for Supercoach, especially the ones who don't get a ton of the ball. If you can add five, six, seven, eight tackles to your game, along with 15 disposals, then you'll be, you'll be golden. Let's talk Sydney because... McInerney and Warner are still in a lot of teams. Uh, sorry, not McInerney. <laughs> Goulden and Warner are still in a lot of teams. Goulden can't get near the ball. He just can't get near the ball. He scored no. 51 points. I think it was a generous 51 points. And then Warner had 61, which is a little bit more acceptable. What What do we do with these guys? Yeah, Golden's one. Um, Golden, Golden. Looking at moving this week, Warner will stay a bit longer Yep, yeah, I agree. I think Gordon, um, he lost cash on the weekend. He's now sub 300K. 
if you can upgrade him or downgrade him, just get him out of your team. I think it's worth doing. And Warner, he's going to lose a little bit of cash this week, but I think we can probably afford to run him in in our forward lines a little longer. Yeah, he hasn't totally bombed out in the scoring. So a 60 is probably like the minimum I would want for a starting option rookie. And yeah, he's no, hit that yeah. consistently. So, I think interestingly from this game, Baz, um, Jake Lloyd did Jake Lloyd things. 111 super coach points from 28 disposals. I actually think, and maybe I'm overreading, maybe I'm overdoing this, but I think they structure up a lot better in defense when um, uh, when Robbie Fox is in the t- in the side. And mm-hmm. I only watch him because I have a in a draft league, in a keeper league. So that's that's the only reason I'm even aware of who Robbie Fox is. I think they structure up a bit better and I think it's going to allow Lloyd to get a few more little seagull possessions. So my question to you, Baz, he scored 111. Callum Mills got 145 playing purely midfield. If you had to choose between the two, who are we looking at targeting? Ooh, that's a tough one. Callum Mills is so much like Isaac Heaney in that he's teased a few times and that makes me wary a bit so my initial instinct is to say go with the sure thing this year because if you're taking risks other places it might just be a case of adding another one is too much for your team to handle yeah and it's i i feel the same way and I'm pretty conservative, and but my team's also really bad. So maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should be targeting Callum Mills, and he's not that much more expensive than the start of the year. He's 14, 14 grand more, grand thirty grand this week. He's I, he's one hundred dollars difference between Jake Lloyd and Callum Mills in price. Jake Lloyd had his second best Super Coach game of the year this weekend with a one eleven. Callum Mills has outdone that. Um, three times already with 130, 140, and 150 plus scores. So maybe his floor's a lot lower, but his ceiling's a lot higher. Is I think at the end of the day, they might end up neutralizing each other, but I just don't know who to suggest to the people who are listening. Yeah, it's, it's one you just need to weigh up the risks and think about how much risk you're willing to take in your team and how much you think your team can carry. If you feel your team is fairly set, and you don't have options that you see as risky ones, then Mills would be the option. If you're saying, oh, I'm going to bring in Mills and Harms in the same week, like that's probably a bit too much to consider. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you want? Do you want 80, 140, 80, 140, or do you want 100, 100, 100, 100? Because that's what Lloyd's going to give you. Yeah. Ultimately, it probably doesn't matter. The The only reason there's a question mark is because they're the same price and yeah. they're both about to start going up in price. Mills' break-even is lower than Lloyd's, but I'd expect him to maintain his price for a bit. In conclusion, make up your own mind. Educate <laughs> yourselves. Well, you need to just take it on a team-by-team basis. I don't think that's a broad one you can pinpoint as, yes, this one's definitely the option. All right, let's move on to Port Adelaide v Adelaide. Oh, Here's... do we have to? <laughs> uh, annoyingly, Frederick came on for Houston. So he's ruined his cash generation with 18 points. Yep. That's going to be in his rolling average. So if you didn't jump on, not only has he gained price this week, he's going to barely gain price moving forward. Yeah. And that's if he stays in the team. But Houston did his shoulder. You might know how bad that is. I think they've listed him as a test still for this week, but 
they could just, you know, you've got Frederick there to fill in. They could say, yeah, give him the week off. That's fine. Do what you did with Travis Spoke the week before where you say there's no point risking this guy. Yep. Um, coaches don't fear. Travis Spoke, look, he had a bit of a knee knock, came back from the quad injury. I think it was a quad. and But he still had 28 touches, just couldn't impact from a super coach perspective but that that'll improve I yeah think. it was a it was a wet day and everything was high pressure and a bit sloppy so it's just one of those games where you might get it 30 times but just not efficiently from a adelaide perspective what do we do with the elephant in the room yeah he's he's got to go the way the crows are playing because that quick ball movement into the forward 50 line they were getting at the start of the year where Tex could lead into marks is just completely evaporated and if that's not there he's not the one who will be able to take a pack mark or work in the big defensive uh scrums that are happening in Adelaide's forward 50 and look, I don't think it, look, I don't think it's a Tex or Adelaide specific thing. I think teams have worked out how to defend key forwards a little better than the start of the year. He's suffering. You watch him better than me. Maybe that's just all gone to shit. But last two scores, forty two <laughs> and twenty nine, break even is now one hundred and seventy eight. Yeah. And I advised people last week, and he and I feel bad. He lost forty five k. But I said, unless you've got the trades, you can't trade him. Like we thought maybe what he could average 90 for the year, but I feel like I've led people astray because he just absolutely has to go. He's going to be priced at like 300 grand in, in before we can blink our eyes. Yeah. And, and then the point of trading him in is completely evaporated. Like when I first brought him in, it was the plan of he would jump up to 500. And then as soon as he hit that level, I would just sideways him to someone more reliable, but then, all the other issues happened and I couldn't do that. So I was hoping last week that Rory Sloan being back would maybe get the midfield moving a bit better for the Crows, but that that didn't happen either. Well, I, I am glad you mentioned him though, Rory Sloan, because if we talked M8 options before, he feels like a the perfect M8 option, right? Yeah, he's one to consider for sure. They've... Got uh, him, Laird, and um, Keys will just be run into the ground in that midfield. They will give them as much time as they can handle. So, and I think Matt Crouch is still probably another four or five weeks away. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. What's happening there? <laughs> oh well, that's just one of those groin injuries that they say could take four or five weeks, but then four or five weeks later, it's not any better. So. I almost picked him at the start of the year. I'm glad that they released that news when they did because I, I had him locked away. Him yeah. Absolutely locked away. Uh, if you held James Rowe, well done. 81 super coach points from 13 touches and a goal. And Geordie Butts owners, he has been, he's, break, he's 321 grand. His break even still 21. He's going to go up another 20 grand this week. Mate, he's been secretly the best rookie of them all. Yeah, I was not expecting much from him because he was just a lap-for-lap replacement for Talia, and Talia never scores more than 50, you know, because he's fairly dour, and what he does, he just stays on his man and maybe takes a mark and a kick out. But, yeah, I've been really impressed with what he's done. Yeah, we're going to be able to ride him, if if you're an owner, for another at least two weeks. Um, it's, It's really good. It's really good to see, and if you are a James Rowe owner, you can still hold him. Break even now is twenty three, gain two grand, and the cash gen might 
might, touch wood, kick off again from this point of view. Riley Tilthorpe, he's probably too expensive to consider now. Uh, if you jumped on last week, probably not great return. No, he's he's he gets thrown around a bit. He'll go forward and then spend a little time on the wing. Um, he's been kicking goals, which is good, but he won't find the ball more than 10, 11 times. And if he's not adding three or four goals to that, that's your score in the 50s, which isn't worth it at his price. All right, let's swing into the next game. We've got, what, three games to go. We're going to have to power through these. Baz, I keep saying that. This wasn't going to be an hour-long special. (laughs) It's going to be an hour-long special. Hawthorne got smashed by West Coast. Tom Mitchell had 41. He was my buy of the week last week. I wish I could have got him myself. Uh, He's not unattainable now, but as an underpriced midfield premium, he's probably a bloke that I'd be targeting pretty heavily if I was a coach out there. Yep, for sure. Um, they also had Emerson Jacker play his second game for 31 Supercoach points. Don't think he's going to hold his spot, so we're probably going to have to look elsewhere for a rookie there. Yep, that seems to be likely at this stage, I'd say. And the other guys, the main guys that are worth touching on, people, some people jumped off Impy and GF last week. Well, they both tunned up. So the question becomes again, are they premiums? They could be this year. I have both, and I am not considering trading either at this stage. I have neither, and I wish I had both of them to not consider trade <laughs> trading. <laughs> West Coast, Andrew Gaff did it again. We talked about him last week. We probably don't need to touch on him, but 38 disposals. Tim Kelly couldn't quite back up his huge performance of 98, and Don Cheed, who was underpriced at the start of the year, scored 119. But from a Supercoach perspective... They probably don't give us a whole lot, the West Coast Eagles. No, they're, they're pretty fairly well spread uh, in the way they score and it, maybe one individual player pops up every week and it changes every week. So, All right, agreed. They're not worth talking about and that's mostly because <laughs> we're running out of time. Western Bulldogs played Jordan Sweet again. His break-even is now negative 49 can he hold a spot over Stefan Martin, Baz? Who knows? It's Bevo Salad. He brought him in the first time and he played really well and then dropped him the next week. So performance doesn't seem to be the key indicator of keeping your spot in the side sometimes with Beveridge. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the bond went huge, though. He scored 155. And I think if you were going to target him, you know you're going to target him. Caleb Daniel, who... Jesus, I was ready to absolutely demolish at three-quarter time. He scored 66 points or something like that in the final term and ended up with 100, and now people who bought him look like geniuses, and I'm really pissed off about it. Yeah, that's, again, that's like, why? What was the point of it? I'm not sure. He was playing the forward pocket at times, and they've come out and said, we're going to continue to evolve his role. So they still don't know where they're going to play him. Yeah, but it's uh, I've never seen anything, and I've watched him a lot because he played in South Australia as a junior. Like that would, other than him being small, there's nothing about his game that I would say he's a small forward. No, God no. Uh, but small's in the name. Yeah. So maybe that's what Bevo's stuck on. Yeah, he's just like fixated on the word small. Um, Anthony Scott and Lockie McNeil are still making cash for us, 85 and 81 respectively. I actually took Scott off to get a Rose score and lost four points, which I didn't bloody (laughs) think was going to be the case, but 
this like like uh, like Row that this might kickstart their cash gen. Yeah, that would be the hope for both of them. So I think as long as they're in the team, we can hold. On the Blues side of the ledger, uh, Sam Walsh had his first kind of, well, second kind of, I guess, not stellar five-star performance. Scored 89 super coach points. Nothing to fear. But Zach Williams, I'm, I'm worried about a lot of players in this team and Carlton are playing unhealthy, unfit players. Zach Williams is one of them. He's got 27 super coach points. Yeah, that was not the greatest performance he's ever had. The good news, though, is if you're a Luke Parks owner, if you jumped on him as just a, a loophole option, he's still in the team. He scored 59, and he's just going to continue doing that. I think I think he's going to stay in the team, keep scoring 50-odd points. But the one I wanted to mention to you uh, was Sam Doherty, who is good, in, not in terms of football, but in terms of super coach, he's doing really good things again. Yeah, like 24 kicks out of his 31 possessions. That's a huge tick. He's got 10 rebound 50s in there, nine marks. That's They're all good indicators for him. Yeah, if you'd um, jumped on when I first suggested on the pod at before price changes happened in round two, uh, you would have been rewarded with four out of six tons and 198. So do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Right, and the final game, Baz, we're going to look at is the Brisbane v Fremantle game. Brisbane beat the Dockers by two goals, 95 to 71. Four goals, that is. I can't do maths. Jared Lyons, who I've been talking about every single week, scored 145, but the greatest player of all time stepped the foot goat. on that hallowed turf up at the Gabba again, and he produced a 138. And I ask you, is Daniel Rich the best number one super coach defender? when we look back at the season 2021? Because it's you, yes, he will be. <laughs> thank thank <laughs> you. Hugh McCluggage was great again as well, and I, I'm going to keep apologizing. I'm sorry that I told people not to pick him when he was 500 grand. I did not see this coming. He is now um, averaging 107 for the year. He is priced at 587K. He's now primo priced and averaging 123 over the last five games. I was wrong on that one. I'm sorry, community. It's very big of you. Um, and Dane Zorko, very highly traded in, did what Dane Zorko does on the weekend. He had 27, uh, 21 disposals and scored 102, 105 supercoach points, and that's just going to be what what he does, man. Yeah, that, that'll be... Uh, pencil that in for the uh, usual, hopefully. And your boy, Harris Andrews, still think he's a valid option pumping out 85s in 2021? Uh, I would say no because Darcy Moore's there who could do the same sort of thing. And he's probably 120 k cheaper just off the top of my head. Yeah, the, he's about that. Yep. Yeah. So for that reason and that reason alone. All right, we look at the final game, or final team of the round. Nat Fife did Nat Fife things. He's got 122, and he can't kick for shit. He kicked one goal three. Yeah, so he's he's not a champion of the game because he kicked one goal three. So That's those Brownlows he won, just put them in the bin, Nat Fife. They're worthless. Yep, you suck, Nat Fife. You can't kick goals. Um, I do feel bad for the Frio fans that keep saying, but when he does learn to kick him, well, <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> Yeah, he must be a late bloomer at 29 and not learning yet. <laughs> uh, David Mundy scored another ton, 
Age is just a number, baby. And Sean Darcy, who we could have got very cheaply quite some time ago, a 114 on the weekend, 139 hit outs. He's just sort of rolling along. The, the rucks, I know obviously you had to go Gorn and Grundy to start the year, but the rucks are kind of rolling this year. Yeah, they're not doing too bad. And he's one that's always been sort of one who could break out. I think he started the year at like 400K which if you're not going Gorn and Grundy is probably the price you would maybe look at spending. And so if you did pick him, then yeah, good pick. If you picked Tom Hickey and Sean Darcy at the start of the year, you would have saved about, I I don't know, let's say 700 grand. Yeah. (laughs) Let's say, let's say 600 grand and you would have, it would have cost you 600 points in total. But I reckon with 600 grand, you can find, you could have found, 600, uh, 600 points really easy. That's one primo. Um, in fact, you could probably make a bit more bank. Um, Especially with how the rookies are going too. If you could have changed like a iffy rookie to a primo, that, yeah, exactly. that would have been huge. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know a lot of people started Tom Hickey, but we did not expect him to average 104. We didn't expect uh, Sean Darcy to average 103, but this goes to show that maybe the conservative uh, team isn't the way to go all the time. Having said well, that, next uh, year I will tell you to pick Gron and Gundy, Grundy. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of I didn't expect them to average that this year, though, like Zebu, MP, Hickey, Darcy. If you nailed them all, then you're probably a sit number one on the rankings. Yeah, I just don't know if it's if that's the future Supercoach or if this is a, an odd one in the mix. <sighs> yeah, that's... If it's the future Supercoach, it's going to be very frustrating. Because you could yeah. potentially put yourself out of the running within the first two, three weeks. Well, I mean, I did by not yeah. selecting German MP, so or Jack Siebel, which and the justification was, well, I'm getting an extra primo. Oh, oops. <laughs> All right, Baz. I don't know if this has been any good, but I have had fun talking to you. We went real long. So apologies to the people I oh, make yeah. you wait. At the start, we said this won't be an hour-long podcast, and I think we're up to almost an hour now. So We are. Thank you for joining me. Everyone check out Baz's article around the grounds. Baz, where can people find you? You can find me at Twitter, at Baron Von Crow, and at Instagram on the same. Thank you for joining me, Baz. It's been a bloody pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've had a lot of fun. All right.